Hi there, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching here. And if you are parenting a highly sensitive child who is stuck in the meltdown cycle and you've worked to change the way that you parent, your family members are giving you grief about that, then you definitely wanna stay in, stay tuned to today's show because we're gonna talk about three different reasons why you can be experiencing backlash from your extended family and uh, where they're struggling and what to do about it. Hello and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Here at MTC, we help parents of highly sensitive kids break out of the meltdown shutdown cycle. And these kids are ages between two and 18, depending on the work that we do and what programs we offer. And when we think about the meltdown shutdown cycle, this is for parents whose children are melting down, hitting, kicking, throwing things, yelling, screaming, body on the floor, uh, breaking toys, etc. And uh, all in this this meltdown behavior or shutdown behavior, refusing to to speak with you, um, not having a conversation about emotions, uh, having a massive shame response to big emotions, or engaging in isolation, uh, refusing to talk, but also running up to their room, etc., and uh, just throwing themselves into a screen and checking out. All of these behaviors, or a part, some of these behaviors, happening on a daily basis. Some parents are dealing with this issue for, um, for you know, they've been dealing with this issue. You might have been dealing with this problem for years. Other parents have been seeing this issue for six months or more, right? And uh, when you experience this challenge, and your your child or your teenager is melting down or shutting down or refusing for uh, you know, multiple times a day, multiple times a week even, or anywhere in between, you know, even just daily, then it's important for you to notice that you are stuck in a cycle and that has to change through your relationship with your child. Now, if you have been following our show here for uh, any amount of time, you've noticed the, the research states specifically related to vantage sensitivity that highly sensitive children change their relationship with the world when they their vantage point from within which they look at the world changes. Who's in charge of your child's vantage point of how they work at the world? You are, right? Okay, so when you shift the relationship with, uh, with their environment, um, and increase positivity in the home and shift the dynamics of of how you parent then your child's behavior changes so if you've been working on this for quite some time you might have experienced some um, backlash comments opinions all of the above some of the above from your own family you know perhaps family uh, to include you know brothers sisters aunts uncles grandparents your own parents etc and this is what I want to talk about today. Um, one of the things that we can be uh, quite uh, challenged with as parents is um, when the peanut gallery is our loved ones, right? So 
those of you uh, who have been listening to us and know a little bit about my background, um, one of the things that is important to know is that I do parent a highly sensitive child myself. She is six and I parent with uh, the principles that I teach my clients. And part of my conviction in doing that is because I grew up in a home where my sister was stuck in the meltdown cycle and therefore our whole family dynamic was and still is impacted by that cycle. And um, I say still is because my sister does not, um, is not fully functioning in, um, in her adult life. And we're only a couple of years apart, I'm the oldest. And uh, just so happened to be blessed with the um, with, with the physical professional experience um, that has led me to understand the dynamic even more so um, than you know than than a professional who's just trying to look at this from the lens of uh, you know clinical anxiety or whatever. Um, because my child uh, and is highly sensitive, as well as the fact that my uh, sister is highly sensitive. And so some of the, the clinical understanding of, of anxiety, frustration, aggravation, um, aggression, depression in childhood anxiety and childhood mental health disorders was not capturing the entire big picture. So I led, that led me to learn more, get deeper training from a clinical standpoint, and then branch out of the mental health world because it was not all-encompassing in mental health treatment. Individual mental health therapy was not solving the problem for breaking out of the meltdown cycle with, with highly sensitive kids, even when using evidence-based treatment for sensitive people who had en been engaging in um, chronic self-harm, chronic suicidality. Uh, when applying those principles, the training that I had in, in my um, mental health career as a licensed clinical professional counselor, uh, to parents of young children in our, in our private practice that I was running for many years, there were some significant um, missing gaps in, by just looking at this from a mental health framework and staying within the confines of the mental health industry. And so I branched out into the coaching industry, okay? So we've been doing this for several years. We've helped plenty, uh, hundreds of families break out of the mental health um, crisis through the meltdown cycle that that uh, was, was causing it in the first place, which is not a mental health issue. It is instead a mismatched parenting issue, which is why we're able to address it through parent coaching, all right? So a little bit of, uh, of background and... Um, I have a unique set of uh, skills as well as uh, visibility to this issue because the very nature of my career and my passion and why I'm here on this earth to eliminate suicidal actions for highly sensitive people around the world, um, that ripple effect impacts my own personal immediate family. You know, my parents are very well aware of how many people we've helped and how many people uh, we've served and why we do what we do. And part of that is a clear visibility to the understanding that the way that they parented my sister um, has led me to develop a better way to change um, the traditional parenting and to change the expectations of, uh, of parents so that their children can thrive. Uh, and what I mean by that is the expectation that children need to, um, uh, you know, to respect the authority of parents from a, you know, do as I say, not as I do, 
or, um, you know, I'm the parent I know best and um, you're going to follow me. And if you don't, that's disrespectful, right? This is the whole traditional parenting uh, perspective that many of us were likely raised uh, with and, and why you're tuning into today's show because you're, you're dealing with your own parents who probably parented you in the same way. And um, they have an opinion that the way that they, they raised you was, worked, right? You probably hold down a, a job. You're likely functioning in society in a, in a stable enough way to have um, a meaningful relationship, to have children, um, to, you know, you know, to be successful in your career, etc. And so there's a lot of external factors um, to count that can say that your um, that the way that you were raised worked, quote unquote, right, um, was successful, and yet many of our clients come with uh, with an understanding of the meltdown cycle that part of the way that they were raised, if they they were raised with traditional parenting, to include either timeouts or groundings or um, uh, you know, some were, some were spanked and then they realized they don't want to spank their own kids. Um, that approach has led, uh, our clients to notice as adults that, um, they learn to stuff their emotions. They learn to hide their true feelings and perspectives. They learn to railroad their own, uh, goals for the sake of other people. They became people pleasing workaholics. Um, intimacy is really difficult, not just physical intimacy, um, or physical intimacy might not be a a difficulty, but emotional intimacy, sharing vulnerability, telling somebody, especially those, um, whom you, you are coupled with, right. In your intimate relationship, spouse, co-parent, partner, whatever, um, what your true feelings are and sharing that clearly and consistently and without shame, um, running the show. And uh, not having to hold that in until it explodes, right? So whether it explodes with a a massive venting, uh, this has been bothering me, sweetheart, for so long, and I'm sorry I never told you, and, um, you know, I was just worried about how you would respond, right? All of that is emotional um, turmoil that, uh, that you can be dealing with as an adult. And when you look back at how you were parented, if you're parented with traditional um, responses, what, how I, what I say goes, you need to, you know, do as I say right away. Uh, if you don't, then you're disrespecting me as your parent. Um, that perspective did not lend you to, um, uh, you know, to, to honor your own emotions and to communicate them effectively as they came up in order to then process them effectively, uh, communicate them with yourself, communicate them with, with other people around you, and then process them effectively in, in yourself enough to let them go, right? Let those emotions go so that you can make clear, consistent, creative uh, decisions in your life to solve any number of challenges or problems, whether that be in the workplace or in your relationships or in the community. So what happens? We have parents with anxiety. We have parents who struggle with, um, with feeling motivated enough to go to work. Um, then you might be going to work, but you're moving through the motions, right? We have parents who are feeling like they don't have a lot of purpose in the world outside of raising children. Now, I'm not saying that raising children is not a massive purpose for you to have. It absolutely is. And some parents are searching for more and uh, not feeling like they have enough energy to reach that because of their own uh, emotional management uh, needs, okay? So uh, I have, I have uh, a lot of experience talking and working with our clients and dealing with this and when we, what we discover 
uh, consistently is that once you start to notice your child is struggling and the meltdown cycle shows up in your home, then all of that uh, emotional strife and, and struggle with regulating your emotions and, and struggle with putting yourself first and prioritizing your own needs and prioritizing self-care and all of that stuff, right? Um, it starts to it starts to become more of a forefront. It starts to, um, all of these, these challenges that you're noticing that you were able to tolerate for yourself, um, you're starting to notice that that's actually taking a toll at what your child is capable of tolerating. So we see parents making more shifts related to how they show up in the world and how they respond to their children when they realize their children are suffering, right? Because as adults, we can put up with a lot, especially if we were parented with traditional parenting. We're literally taught to rev out our own emotions, put up and, and be problem solvers and fix it and, and stifle our own um, emotional needs and uh, deal with a lot of hardship. And so uh, dealing with low-level anxiety, frustration, aggravation, stress, um, and and not actually processing it is par for the course when when we're, we're raised in this manner, right? So um, then when you start to change the way that you parent, you start to set limits in a more kind way, some parents might lend themselves uh, or trend themselves more towards gentle parenting, setting limits without threats, right? Um, you, you run into a couple of barriers there, right? One, one is that um, gentle parenting, um, uh, when taught by mommy vloggers or um, you know, fad psychology pseudo experts, leads you to believing that um, that you have uh, all you ha all you're supposed to do is just listen to your child's feelings and love them and and let them pour it all out right this creates a lot of problems when you're stuck in the meltdown cycle because your child is literally flooding themselves with their emotions ve venting and v we're verbally vomiting vomiting their their issues over and over and over again right it never gets upstream uh solving the problem of breaking out of the pattern that that, that your child is holding it all in the first place so that they have to explode on you, right? So, so that doesn't work, okay? Um, you get stuck in that pers perspective, but you also are, are wondering, you can be stuck in the, in, the, in the swinging of the pendulum, right? So here you have it, you're, you're trying to show um, love, care, and listen in a different way than your parents listened to you when you were raised and um, shift the dynamic but because it's not actually breaking you out of the cycle because your child still needs clear, consistent structure and clear and consistent um, uh, method to change their behavior and be held accountable for their behavior that doesn't include threats, you start to question yourself, right, as a parent. Well, maybe this method isn't the most effective. And one of the things that, um, that, that shows up in this dynamic, especially when you're parenting around your, your own parents, or your siblings who might have children of their own, they might not, um, is this the self-doubt is, is easy for people, other people to, to peg, right? So reason number one that you can be getting some flack from your loved ones um, in, in parenting in a more gentle way or you know, by, by gentle I mean um, using the tenets of gentle parenting, listening, validating, etc. Um, removing threats from from the vocabulary, removing punishment from uh, from your limit setting planning uh, with your children. 
the fact that that is not actually shifting the dynamic and breaking out of the cycle creates self-doubt, okay? And then um, your, you know, your extended family, your, your loved ones are noticing that self-doubt. They notice you waver. They notice you change your mind when you set limits with your kid or tell your child not to do something. And um, they also are, are frustrated or share their opinions with you because they don't understand the science around gentle parenting in the first place. So this is reason number one. Reason number one is innocent ignorance, right? Pure um, lack of understanding of why punishments don't work, why threats don't work, and why listening to your child, supporting your child and naming their emotions, validating them, letting them know that their, their emotions are okay, but their behavior is not, um, which is a, is a component to breaking out of the meltdown cycle, but not the whole picture. Um, why that's necessary, right? Why it creates um, a situ uh, you know, de-escalates de your, your child's intense emotions, why the concept of validation is so useful, your child hears from you that they're not broken and that they're not wrong, right? And uh, that in and of itself decreases shame. And um, all of these things are really important because a, a, shamed, uh, a person who feels ashamed feels helpless, stuck, powerless. You cannot creatively solve problems when you are helpless, stuck, and powerless. So, great, um, great, great uh, news is that what you get to do in this dynamic, if, if it's pure ignorance, and I'm um, not saying that in a, in a judgmental way, just uh, for efficiency of time here, then what you get to do is educate. Right? You, get, you get to have a conversation with, uh, with your family members. And we did a show about this uh, back in October of 22, so you can go, um, I gave some language around, around that. Um, go ahead and, and check out the, the podcast or um, Facebook or, or YouTube, wherever you're watching us, to go um, watch that show. Um, and um, using that language can support you in setting boundaries around the family members. I also talk about that in, the, in that show as well. Um, now, um, that's one piece. So we've already kind of handled that at angle in a, in a different show that, that happened within the year. So I'm going to move on to the next piece. All right. And this is what we're going to talk about mostly today, the two other reasons. So reason number two, okay, is that your use of a more emotionally validating approach and focusing on emotional regulation from an internal standpoint uh, helping your child feel better about themselves, see who they truly are, and feel capable of solving their own problems creatively rather than an external standpoint. If you don't do this, then I will spank you. If you don't do this, then I will remove privileges. If you um, don't behave kindly or or carefully, then I will um, uh, I will ground you, right? If you don't follow my rules, then I'll do something to you. Um, that is an external motivation, right? Carrot and stick, right? I'm going to hold this reward for you as a carrot, keep you moving. And if you don't um, follow through on it, if the carrot doesn't work, then we'll use the stick, um, which is a punishment, a threat or actual spanking, okay? Corporal punishment. So um, that requires your child to then think of, uh, of any sort of motivation for themselves to comport themselves safely, you know, to behave kindly, nicely, um, to demonstrate safe behavior, use safe hands, use safe language. The only motivator in that dynamic is you or someone else around them. It's external, it's outside of themselves. What happens is that they start to relinquish responsibility to themselves. 
um, when, when that happens, right? So your parents, your brother and sister or, or, or siblings who were raised in this way, uh, who might be raising their own children in this way, um, if you are parenting in a different way um, around them, then they can feel threatened uh, by this dynamic because, especially if it's your parents or grandparents, um, their approach in their mind, as I mentioned before, worked in their perspective. Why, why do they think it worked? Because it got the kid to do what, the kid, what they needed the kid to do. Uh, be quiet, stop whining, stop hitting in the moment. Okay? Um, what it didn't do is teach the child to manage their emotions on their own. Instead, they manage their emotions by responding in flight, holding it into themselves, um, contracting, um, keeping it secret, right? keeping their emotions secret, stuffing their emotions, which then led to expo explosions later. Okay, so for many of you who are high functioning adults, that might have meant uh, binge drinking in college, that might have meant pulling all nighters and procrastination, that might have meant having really difficult um, and um, not very intimate relationships because you can't be vulnerable, you can't share it, you just shut it down. Okay, so all of these issues that uh, were not thought of in the traditional parenting when you were young. Um, were just due to lack of knowledge, lack of psychology knowledge, okay, um, and uh, child development knowledge that just wasn't available when your parents were raising children. Um, it wasn't readily available, I should say. It was published, but it was published in mental health journals, psychology journals that were housed in college libraries, okay. They did, the internet wasn't available. Um, that information was not readily accessible um, in many books. Um, and if the book was around, your, your parent would have had to go to a library or go to a bookstore to, um, you know, to, to, to be looking for it. They had to have been thinking that they, what they were doing wasn't effective. They had to have noticed uh, that, right? So if your parents didn't notice it, thought that what they were doing was working, um, then they view themselves as a good parent. They view themselves as an effective parent, as a parent who's using an effective strategy. Now, I'm not here to say that they're not good people, all right? Um, there's my double negative for you for the day. Uh, what do I mean by that? Um, a parent who thinks that their method of parenting through traditional, traditional parenting works can create an identity around that. I am a good parent. When you threaten their parenting style um, by <laughs> directly challenging that by demonstrating a new way of parenting, a different way of parenting than the way that they raised you, your parents can feel threatened by that. They can think that um, the way they parented you was not good enough in your eyes and therefore you had to change it, right? And so for some of your parents, uh, some of you, this might actually impact uh, and be a threat to your parents' ego. Right? So what does that mean? It means that they actually take that to, they take that personally um, to, to mean that you, um, uh, you're, you're, because they aren't a good parent and they valued themselves as, as a parent, being a parent is part of their, being a good parent is part of their identity, then they can jump to the conclusion that means that they're not a good person. Now some of this is subconscious, right? It's not necessarily a, um, an immediate thought process that they're having, but it's a feeling that, uh, of being threatened, okay? So um, 
what's important for you to notice is that level of, of insight and awareness you might have started to uh, develop by reading parenting books where um, that point out the triggers that you might have when you're parenting differently and how where that comes from, right? Um, but parenting in a, in an ex, with extended family around brings up an additional layer where if you're not yet out of the meltdown cycle, it can be very difficult for you to advocate for your way of parenting if your parents or your um, your extended family is seeing the direct quote unquote result of your parenting being ineffective behavior in your child, right? So what they're not seeing is, is behind the scenes, the internal motivations that you're building, the emotional regulation skills that you're building, um, and the creative thinking, the creative problem solving that you're, that you're supporting your child in building, which might mean that it takes time to create that ripple effect, especially if you're doing this on your own. Um, into shifting your kid's behavior, right? Now you guys know we're able to help parents break out of this pattern in as little as eight weeks, where children start to creatively solve their problems and the meltdown cycle goes away. Uh, they might have meltdowns, but they're not happening daily. They're not happening multiple times a day for sure. They're not helping it happening even weekly. Um, but if you're doing this on your own, we teach uh, many things related to how to do this on your own if, if engaging with us is not part of your um, plan. It's gonna take longer. Um, so that in and of itself can add, you know, you're going to need an even stronger mental resol um, resolve to, you know, to combat this issue, right? Uh, with your family, um, so that you're not actually being combative, <laughs> uh, because we know that that obviously is not going to, um, it's not going to work, right? Having a, a, an argument, um, with, with extended family isn't going to be an effective way to set boundaries around how they speak to you about your parenting style. Uh, and understanding this is gonna be really important, but also noticing why and how, and how to notice the wins um, in, in what you're doing is effective uh, is, is really important as well. So some of you might have seen some of our client celebrations. We post these on our, in, in social media. And one of the things that we do here at MTC that's critically important to breaking out of the meltdown cycle is creating a culture of celebrations. When you're able to notice what you're doing and why it's working and how your child is demonstrating effective behavior, and then also know that the system you're following will help you repeat that behavior, then you can break out of the belief that what you're doing and, and any wins that you see is just a fluke, right? So if you're not following a system, you're not following a strategy, and then when your child behaves in a safe way at a birthday party, for example, or at um, out in church or out in a family, um, a family party, then, um, it, you know, if you don't know what you're doing that leads to that effective behavior, then it's easy for your brain to say, well, you know, today was just a good day for my kid, right? So you end up discounting some of the behaviors that you're engaging in as a parent that's actually really effective that needs to be consistent, needs to continue. So you need to have a very strong mental resolve to, um, and then also you need to have clarity on the system that you're using um, to break out of the cycle. You need to follow a cycle, uh, follow a system that actually helps other parents break out of the cycle. So the next uh, reason why, um, why you know, your family members might be struggling with this um, is because when you address emotions, you have to be leading by example, 
right? When you're teaching your child emotions, that means that you are going to need to build the skills to manage emotions. And you've heard from one of our mindset coaches, uh, Dr. Bernardi, in, in how we address this with our clients. And, and one of the things that you'll hear our clients say all the time is that mindset support, mindset work is actually critically important in breaking out of this cycle. And when you do the mindset work, when you shift out of um, believing that your child is the problem or believing that your child is broken and, and noticing that you're the one that needs to lead first and you're the one that needs to change how you see the world in order to then help your child see that the world can be creative, you know, problems in the world can be creatively solved. They don't have to go to all or nothing. It's, it's either great or it's awful. Um, when you shift that dynamic in yourself, then you automatically become a-okay and more, more effectively communicative of your emotions and um, other family members might not have that skill. So I wanna, I wanna give a personal example about this. You know, I've been doing this personal development work myself um, prior to having kids, like started, started this prior to having kids. So it's been a while. And um, for me, I'm, I'm totally comfortable sharing when I'm frustrated and sharing when something's bothering me and, and talking about a disappointment that I have. And um, you know, my parents, for, the, for, for their, just by nature of, of their current skill set and, and the experience that they had being raised as well as, as how they experienced the world, um, sometimes they're able to manage that emotion. And other times they just try to make light of it or reassure or um, uh, actually discount emotions, right? And this also happens in my extended family. And so I want to talk about this without naming names. Uh, but one time over Christmas this past year, um, there was an experience where um, it was all hands on deck. Some of the toys that, you know, my kid's six, so a lot of the toys that she received needed to be put together and built before she could use it. So Barbie stuff, you know, whatever. And um, there was, a, there was a, a toy that was being built by uh, one of my family members. And this family member um, loved them. Great relationship with this person. And, and again, I'm trying to you know, preserve my, my, my family's identity um, because I'm signed up for this mission and, and they're along for the ride and watching me do that. But um, uh, they don't work here at MTC. So, so we'll, we'll kind of keep it um, as anonymous as possible. Um, they said something um, that kind of piqued my interest, but I let it go because I... I, I I accept help and I don't need to micromanage, okay? So this family member was, um, <laughs> um, so, you know, was building something and then my mom, you know, was saying, hey, you know, do you need the instructions for this thing? And, oh, no, 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 I got it. That'll just slow me down. Um, and, you know, I was busy building another thing, so didn't need to notice that, was paying attention to other things. To come to find out, there was a critical component to the, um, the Barbie um, contraption that because it was missed and not um, installed in order, the uh, structure, it was a farm, like a, um, yeah, like a little barn was being built. Um, the order of the barn, um, because it wasn't built in the right order uh, by following the instruction manual, <laughs> um, there was a, the, the, the base to the second layer where, you know, um, in the Barbie farm, it's like the, the hay is kept or chicken coop, whatever. I'm not, I was, I'm, 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 um, I'm not familiar with farm life. So um, that's what it's set up, like the, where the hay is kept and where the, the chicken, um, I think, are, are kept or whatever. So the attic, that's the right word. Here we go. 
<laughs> use words in the right order, Meg. Let's go. Okay, so we've got um, the attic component to, to the thing and the base was missing. Part of the base was missing. And that meant that the, um, the decorative structures on the outside of the farm, um, columns, decorative columns, were, didn't have anything to connect to because um, there was a missing layer to the base when you put the two and two together. But um, those of you who have built children's toys, children's toy structures, right? When you snap them in, that's it. Like they're snapped in, right? Um, because they're meant to, to stay in this structure so then the child can then play and create scenes with them. It's not Lego, right? So um, I noticed that. I also noticed that I wanted to gift this present to my daughter and I wanted it to work nicely. I wanted it to work the way it was built. I didn't want to MacGyver her brand new Christmas toy. <laughs> so I was frustrated, right? I was frustrated. Grateful for the person taking on building the thing Frustrated that the person did not build it according to the instructions. Um, so old me, prior to having kids, would have been like, uh, would have reacted with, um, uh, you know, they used to call me in in, in, uh, in, in different settings, Mad Meg, okay? Um, this is something that prior to children, prior to, prior to building my own family, had to work through, right? Because I got feedback working in the restaurant business that I would get really frustrated. Um, and when I would get frustrated, I would speak my mind uh, because there was an identity of being a redhead. <laughs> um, and and be, having a redheaded temper was okay in my family, extended family dynamic. Um, and I grew up with, with that being okay, right? So um, obviously that's not okay, yelling and, and, and um, getting frustrated and, and berating people, um, not okay, right? So I did a lot of work to, to, to work on that. Uh, old Meg would have said something like, I can't believe you did that. Like, why would I even ask for your help? This is ridiculous. You broke the thing, right? Like, now it's broken. Now what do I do? Like, I spent money on this. It's Christmas morning. And you couldn't have just played, you know, paid attention, right? I would have just said what was on my mind. Now, having skills, right? These are the skills we teach our clients. Having skills to manage emotions, my mind uh, experienced frustration. Oh, this is frustrating. I really wish that person had followed the directions, right? Um, I didn't experience a resentment or holier than thou um, response, like resentment, um, because I've, it, it's a Barbie house. Like it's not, um, you know, the weight of the world isn't on that. But when I didn't have these man emotional management skills, um, I had zero or very little discernment between mountains and molehills. <laughs> um, you know, big, big problems, small problems, right? So when you think about this with related to your highly sensitive kid, right? Um, there's language around teaching children how their emotional um, reaction needs to fit the gravity of the situation. Um, that approach doesn't actually work for highly sensitive kids. So bear with me if you've heard that before, don't use it with your kid. But um, the logic around it is true, right? Like having an emotional blow up and, and yelling at somebody or raising your voice and saying, I can't believe it. Why would you even do this? This is so dumb, like blah, blah, blah. Or even not using judgmental language, but like this is such a pain in the neck. Why why'd you do this, right? Um, the, the logical um, understanding is that that level of anger and frustration isn't necessary related to a Barbie house, right? Um, even if you did spend money on it, even if it was a Christmas present. 
had you know emotional value to to the the financial value to the um, experience value, right? Um, because uh, you're losing your mind on something like um, somebody's crashing into your house might be more appropriate, right? Um, they weren't crashing into your house. They didn't break your actual house. They just broke a Barbie house. You don't need to lose your ish about it, right? So me without the emotional regulation skills that I have now would, would not have cared or, or would not have had um, the insight or the motivation to, um, to stop that behavior. Um, I would have felt convicted and justified in being that angry because of my values, right? Because I had valued giving this thing to my kid. I'd valued um, the financial investment of it being passed on to my second kid, who's a baby. Um, uh, valued the experiences I wanted my kid to have with said toy, etc. right? So there's a lot riding on why I would have been mad um, for this, okay? All of that, how dare you, you shouldn't have blah, 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 judgmental stuff. Um, 10 plus years ago, had I not built the skills that I have now, um, would have just come out verbal vomit, okay? Um, much smaller scale of emotional reaction on Christmas morning this year with watching this happen and noticing that it happened after the fact, uh, learning that it happened. And then also it's true that I was frustrated, um, because it did happen and frustration is valid, uh, valid emotion. So I said something like, oh, that's frustrating. Um, now we're going to need to figure out how to, how to kind of break this apart without breaking it. Right. So we need to be careful. Um, and this family member, um, was uncomfortable with me naming that I was frustrated with something that they had done. And, um, that's okay, right? That's okay. Um, but I'm using this as an example because I was able to manage that. I didn't need to justify my frustration. I didn't need to lecture them about why they should have followed the directions. I didn't even get into it with them. Just felt my frustration and moved on into solving the problem by asking um, my husband to go get, um, you know, small uh, screwdriver, like something to like push the plastic levers in to like pop it out, right? Um, carefully because, you know, if you've ever tried to fix plastic like that or you've seen your kid play with plastic like that, you know, one wrong move and, and, and the, the whole thing is like snapped off. You, you can't glue that stuff together. Um, it's just broken. So you got to be careful and you got to, you know, hit, hit both levers and lift it up, right? So I'm doing all this and, and that's frustrating too. So my response is, oh man, like, you know, and doing that, right? So I'm communicating, oh man, and grunting, not necessarily highly or anything like that, but it, my voice is saying, sounding like this, oh man, all right, mm, 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 I'm thinking fixing, okay? Family members who don't have emotional skills to manage their emotions see that level of response as grumbling, like they will add flair to that level of frustration and they'll see that healthy communication of frustration as making a big deal of it or as, um, and then the, their response can, can move into dismissal. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a Barbie house. Why are, you know, come on, chill out. It doesn't need to be, you know, a problem. Why? Because safe communication of frustration 
even safe communication of frustration feels like a threat when you're taught to stuff your negative emotions, okay? So what happens is um, somebody who's saying, I'm frustrated and I'm gonna find a solution and while I'm working on the solution, I'm gonna you know, huff and puff a little bit, um, just you know, making guttural, nonverbal um, statements because you're you know, trying, to, trying to move it together, right? Um, there's a heightened level of, oh, is this gonna go anywhere? And um, that level of tension in the home, once, you know, if you've done your own emotional healing work and you've done your own emotional management work, if you're not the one who's reacting anymore, your family members um, still have residual frustration or aggravation with their own management of emotion. So any negative emotion is a threat. Any negative emotion or um, you know, can, can feel like an explosion is going to happen, right? So growing up in a home where parents yelled, for me particularly, my mom raised her voice quite frequently. Um, there's, you know, all of us were, were um, we needed to be sensitive to that. And um, sensitive in, in the sense of, of noticing we need to be on high alert if, if conflict was around because it meant we were in trouble. It also meant that we needed to, you know, find a way to feel safe. Um, when being yelled at and some of us uh, created a situation where we felt safe in um, shutting down and some of us hi <laughs> um, felt safer going to fight so for me when I was getting yelled at I yelled back um, that doesn't work in adulthood it doesn't work in professionalism it didn't work in you know learning to how to be a therapist obviously so I worked on that and um, fixed it and, um, you know, other family members, other extended family members, they didn't have that opportunity or they didn't take that opportunity when it arose for them. And so, like I said, any grumbling is a threat. So I want you to notice that and that can support you in, in what to do about it. Demonstrating compassion, right? Um, in that moment, working on yourself, managing your own emotions, noticing that your, you know, your family members are likely more threatened, um, by their own emotional discontrol that might happen if if emotional control is lost um, in on their own uh, in their own internal response then they are afraid of your emotional loss of control if um, if you're in fact not losing control of your emotions um, if in fact you are allowing your child to express their emotions and your child is huffing and puffing right now if your child is engaging in a, in, a, in the is demonstrating meltdown cycle behavior then it's likely they are triggered emotionally too because your child's triggered emotionally and your, you know, your extended family is triggered emotionally because it's scary to watch a kid lose their mind and it's scary for the child to lose their mind too, right? So there's, a, there's some threat components going on. It's, it's reciprocal. But if you're not losing it and your kid's just naming emotions in an effective way at that point, um, it can still feel like uh, a threat to your extended family members if they don't have the skills themselves, okay? So just in case you were wondering, right? Uh, I'll solve the cliffhanger for you. I was able to put the Barbie barn together properly. <laughs> I didn't break it, um, had some help. You know, four hands are better than two in that situation. Um, and we, you know, we popped it out, put it back together, right? Um, crisis averted.
but hear my tone, right? I say crisis averted, tongue in cheek. Um, also telling you the story here. Um, a family member though, in that moment said crisis averted with sarcasm and, um, oh, what was the tone? It was sarcasm and, um, kind of like a diminishing tone, like See, that was fixable. You didn't even need to feel any feelings at all about it, right? There was defensiveness there, but also a condescension um, flavor. And when you don't have your own emotional skills to manage responses to that, you can actually take fault and that can lead to more self-doubt for yourself, okay? Um, So take note of that. The extra layers that play into your own doubt of your own parenting um, skills and your own parenting approach if you are breaking generational patterns requires a significant amount of mindset support, a significant amount of mindset work um, in addition to your own emotional management in the moment about whatever's frustrating you. Because when you're hearing peanut gallery comments like that, being able to notice, oh, that's their stuff. I didn't do anything wrong and I'm allowed to have an emotion about something that somebody did that inconvenience me um and i'm allowed to feel that feeling express it a little bit right within control and then let it go um i don't need to take on somebody else's sarcasm or diminutive tone um as meaning that i shouldn't have had a feeling about it right um i don't need to take on anybody's subtle invalidation as I am not valid and my emotions are not valid and and it's not okay to feel a feeling about it. What happens then? I get to move on, right? I actually get to, you know, use this story to tell you, to show you what's possible for your life. But I also get to forget about it in the sense that I made a mental note to talk about it to, you know, to this audience. Um, But I didn't give two hoots about what that family member thought about me caring about a thing that I bought for my kid and it being you know, ineffectively put together. I did not ruminate. I did not think about it at night when I went lay my head on the pillow. I did not worry about my relationship with that person because I trusted, I set clear boundaries, I communicated a frustration clearly, and anything that they felt about that was theirs to own, learn from, digest however they feel like or not. That's emotional detachment from an experience and in a relationship that is healthy in setting healthy boundaries and healthy emotional management on my own as well. And that's the difference between emotional detachment from an issue or from, a, from somebody else's emotional management skills and um, relationship detachment, okay? So I didn't say F them or, um, you know, who do they think they are or judge them or get offended at all by their own emotions. Old Meg, 10 plus years ago, Meg, definitely would have gotten offended, definitely would have commented on the sarcasm, definitely would have either done that. I mean, a husband and I weren't together at that point um, of like when I, you know, um, had this major emotional management problem. Um, but, you know, I would have, you know, talked about it at, you know, pillow talk. Can you believe so-and-so did this? Um, definitely would have gossiped about it. And would have like let it sit in my happiness, steal my joy um, on Christmas Day, right? No thanks, man. So 
um, here's what's available to you. When you are working on breaking out of this meltdown cycle, it's very important to you to that, that you that you work on this yourself. We help our clients do that. We help we, we provide a family dynamic solution. Okay. Um, we don't just help you teach your kid how to manage their emotions. We teach you how to manage your own emotions. We teach you how to lead from that place. We teach you how to set healthy boundaries um, in family members to not take on other people's emotions. That in and of itself is a skill set that is pervasive. Uh, it supports you in your leadership skills. It supports you in your work. Um, it, it supports you in your profession. You've heard us talk about how our clients are then able to focus on their profession and, and um, take these skills into the workplace and have that be successful, right? Because they don't have the stress of the meltdown cycle weighing on them. They also have more emotional bandwidth um, because they're letting things kind of pass through them, let, let their emotions pass through them rather than hanging on to them um, and not knowing what to do with it, like a bag of bricks, right? All of those skills, those are available to you. If you want our support, we can help you um, break out of that pattern consistently and do this effectively. My hope is that this example helps you notice what's possible, but also gives you some pretty clear um, uh, skill sets that if you don't have, you can break it apart and work on it yourself if you want to. That's up to you. Um, if you want our help, you want to fast track it, book a call with our team, okay? Have a conversation with one of the members of, our, of my team. We'll, we'll talk to you about where you're stuck, what your struggles are, what you want to address as a parent as well as how to set effective boundaries and help your kid follow through on them too, okay? Twofold, this is not just a, a parenting mindset work. We're talking about real effective behavior change for your kid too. Whole family dynamic needs to shift to make that happen. And uh, then, you know, you can, you can enjoy your life the way that you knew you, you wanted to when you decided to have kids. Um, how do you do that? You book a call with our team. If we're not a fit, we'll tell you, okay? We'll tell you exactly um, what you need to be focusing on instead. Um, and uh, if we are, then we'll tell you how to get started right away. Get started on that same phone call and um, break out of this pattern right away, okay? Now, if you're parenting a teenager and your teenager is in high school, then we would support you and your teenager. You would, you would book a call um, with the two of you or three of you on the phone, both parents and teen because your teen needs these skills for sure. Um, they need to be able to, to not ruminate, not let uh, other kids' um, opinions of them, other teens' opinions of them, um, other adults' opinions of them rule their lives. And um, changing the way that they communicate emotions is a, a thing that your teen is going to make uh, a decision about themselves. And um, that might mean that they're going to shake some people's trees and some leaves are going to fall out and they don't need to hold those leaves and paste them to their back, right? All right. Uh, those calls are free. All right. You get the opportunity to figure out if we can help you um, get from where you are to where you want to be. We're the ones to close that gap. We'll talk about that on that call. Have a lovely day. Thanks for listening and we look forward to talking to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. 
You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.